0: Now stay tuned for Recollections at 30 on NBC. Recollections at
1: 30. NBC, celebrating its 30th year of broadcasting, invites you to memorable moments of radio's earlier days. In this special series of broadcasts, you'll reminisce among NBC's vast and historic library of sound. You'll hear the stars, the songs, the great moments in sports and special events that have highlighted these 30 years of NBC network broadcasting. And here, guiding our recollections at 30, is Ed Hurlihy. Good evening, everyone. Tonight on Recollections at 30, we're going to turn back the clock to one particular night in 1938. And recreate the highlights of that particular night on NBC Radio. So here we go. Let's arbitrarily select a night. Let me see now. Friday. Fridays were always wonderful radio nights. Let's choose Friday, March 4th, 1938. Well, do you remember Friday night radio fair back in 38? Well, after you had your good dinner, you settled down for an evening of radio listening. It's Friday, March 4th, 1938, remember? And of course, you tune in NBC. The first program you hear is Amos and Andy. Oh, you like this team, partly because they rank as comedians, but also because they're so very human. Here they are with a famous guest whom they'll identify themselves.
2: Well, I didn't know that we was out of gas. Leak. We must have a leak in the tank or something.
1: Yeah, where in the world is it? Here we is a hundred miles away from Los Angeles, up in the mountains lost our way, and we're out of gasoline.
2: Well, the thing for us to do is to go to this house down here and ask the man let us use the telephone.
1: Well, here's the house. Yeah, there's the man's mailbox with his name on it. did that spell?
2: on the mailbox, W-A-L-T-E-R-H-U-S-E-O-N. Go ahead, go ahead. Knock on the front door. Yeah, well, wait a minute. I hear somebody coming. How do you do? Uh,
1: how
3: you do, sir? Uh,
2: how you do, sir? Uh, Mr., uh, 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 could we use your telephone, please, sir? Well, I'm very sorry, but I don't have a telephone. Could I be of any assistance to you? Well, we got on this road out here in front of your house, and we run out of gasoline. And... But I, I think I could let you have a little gasoline. Yes, yeah, so but we'll pay you for it. Oh, that's all right. Let's walk out here
3: and go around in the back. You boys don't have a can or anything, do you? Uh, no, sir. We ain't got nothing, but we look around see if we can find something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, here's one you can have. Yeah, you can keep this. Well, this show is nice of you, mister. Yeah, but we won't pay you for. Oh, it. no, that's all right. Do forget about that. Sit down there. Oh. Uh,
1: how come you live up here in the mountains by yourself?
3: Well, I'll tell you. You see, I'm in a business that, well, it, it's sort of ner- it's sort of a nerve it's sort of nerve wracking. When I'm working, it, it feels like I'm on a merry-go-round. Yeah. Uh, you
2: work in Los Angeles or Hollywood or someplace? Yes, there?
3: I've worked in Hollywood quite a bit, oh. When I finish my work, well, I I just have a feeling that I'd like to get away. So I come up here and enjoy this little place. You know, I find that if a man would get away from his work part of the time, just think without the turmoil of worry going here and there. Well, it does you a lot of good.
1: Yeah, that rest do anybody good. That's what I preach all the time.
3: You know, boys, when I come up here, I find that I can think better. I get something out of life that I didn't know existed.
2: Yes, yeah, sir.
1: Yeah, Dad, that, that, Hollywood is a busy place, all yes, right.
3: Yes, Hollywood is a busy place. And I guess a lot of people think it's sort of a playground. But a lot of people work awfully hard in Hollywood, and I've seen, them, I've seen the work there drive them almost insane. But, boys, this little place up here, well, I think every man in his heart would like to come to such a place someday and spend some time. Of course, some people... Might not like the dead silence of the night or quietness of the day, but
2: I love it. Yes, sir, I love it. Yes, yeah, sir, well, mister uh, we'll get going now. And before we go, I want to tell you how much uh, we thank you for giving us the gasoline. it saved save us a long walk already. Bye, boys. Well, good luck to you. Yeah, good luck. Thank you very much. You know, he's one of the nicest fellows I ever met in my life. He'll see us. Kind of made you feel at home, didn't it? It sure did. It has a mailbox. What'd that say on there again? W A L T E R. H-U-S-T-O-N. Nice fellow, wasn't he? He sure was.
1: Yes, Walter Houston certainly was a nice fellow. All right, with the Amos and Andy show over, you enjoyed a full hour of music with the City Service concert with Frank Black and the orchestra. <laughs> In the City Service Concert, there was a duet sung by Lucille Manners and Robert Simmons. In
4: thine arms unfold me, my beloved, let thine eyes look on me.
1: Remember now, we are recollecting the highlights of one radio evening, specifically March the 4th, 1938. Had you picked up the evening paper that night, you would have read headlines like these. Soviets continue purge of former leaders. Glenn Cunningham runs fastest mile in history. Britain resumes parleys in Berlin as she woos Italy. But the subject closest to everyone's heart that night was the weather. Because for five successive days, rain had fallen on the West Coast. And the headlines read, 144 dead or missing in Pacific floods, 20,000 homeless, Los Angeles and wide area isolated. So NBC brought you this special broadcast.
3: The National Broadcasting Company at this time will attempt to bring you another of its special programs in connection with the current disastrous flood conditions in Southern California. Four hours ago, an United Airlines Sky Lounge plane took off from San Francisco with a special shortwave transmitter installed aboard. Come in, broadcast plane flying somewhere over Los Angeles. And this
0: is Ben Gage speaking to you from the 14-passenger United Airlines Sky Lounge as we're flying at 10,000 feet at a speed of 180 miles an hour over the western portion of Los Angeles. After five days of rain, the clouds have cleared away, and a strong wind descending all the rain far away, and it's very nice to see the sun. The storm really ended yesterday, and today, all over Southern California, the people are beginning to dig themselves out of the mud. Santa Ana, Fullerton, Anaheim, Riverside, San Bernardino, the mountain resorts of the Lake Arrowhead and Mount Baldy regions also felt the buffeting of wind, water, torrential streams, rolling boulders, falling trees, Washed out bridges, undermined roads, ruined buildings, and all the other havoc that characterized this tempestuous three-day period. From the various mountain ranges that wall Los Angeles to the north, millions of second feet and thousands of tons of seething silt and rock-laden water have rolled down through usually dry gulches. Washed out houses and streets and torn orange ghost pieces. I'm looking down here on to hunger, and there isn't a road leading to it anywhere. We're here about 8,000 feet over the mountains. And I look down there and see the poor cars on the highway. They get to a certain point, and they come to a bridge, and they get stalled, and they don't know what to do, like a bunch of little insects running around. They have to turn around and start all over again. And we're flying out over the ocean, and the ocean, for a good mile out, all along the beach at Long Beach and San Pedro and Venice, is a very murky brown from all of the water that has come down from the mountains. Gentlemen, we've been trying to give you a brief recapitulation of what has been happening in the flooded area of Southern California.
1: I just want to remind you quickly, particularly if you tuned in after we started, that what you have just heard has nothing to do with anything happening right now. This is all a part of our Recollections at 30, a weekly series saluting NBC's 30 years of broadcasting. And this particular evening, we are reproducing in capsule form. The NBC radio broadcast of March the 4th, 1938.
3: Next, Wolf Time. 30 minutes of lovely dance music by Abe Lyman, the dance idol of America. Frank Munn brings Wolf Time to you again as he sings The Moon Looks Down and Laughs, a new and particularly moving song, and then Mr. Lyman plays I'll See You Again from Bittersweet.
4: You said goodbye How very sorry I would be And every night when I walk up and down This lonely town The moon looks dark and dark (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: nineteen thirty eight, the national sense of proportion was not much different from what it is now. Then, as now, radio covered such an important disaster as the flood about which you heard a few minutes ago, but neither rain nor snow nor flood could stay the Hollywood gossip colonist from the swift completion of his appointed broadcast. So NBC
3: gave them Jimmy Fiddler from Hollywood. <laughs> The alarming physical condition of Greta Garbo, whose normal weight should be 130 pounds, but who today weighs barely 100, should serve as a warning to newspaper and magazine photographers who have harassed her. For the past several months and until a few weeks ago, Garbo made daily visits to a famous Hollywood masseur. The massages and special diet were helping the Swedish star. Under his guidance, she gained several pounds, and the glow of health was commencing to show in her cheeks. Then photographers learned that Greta was visiting this masseur, and they stationed themselves where they could snap pictures of her. In desperation, Garbo slipped in the back door, but soon the hunters began waiting for her there. Eventually, they frightened Miss Garbo away from the one place where there seemed to be hope of restored health. For heaven's sakes, men, have mercy.
1: Later that evening, on March the 4th, 1938, you relaxed with remote pickups of famous dance bands from all over the nation. And probably on that evening, you sat in your easy chair and you heard this. the ultra-smart green room of Hotel Edison, in New York City, just
0: off Times Square, that hotel that stretches between 46th Street and
1: 47th, comes this music, played by Blue Baron and his orchestra, and here's that man about town himself, Blue Baron. Love is the
4: sweetest thing, so fall in love, fall in love, says my heart. bye
3: Teacher this morning is none other than cheerful, Charlie
4: Fisher. All in love, all in love, says my heart. It's romance, take a chance, says my heart. But each time that I'm almost in your barn, this old school teacher, brain of mine, keeps bringing in false alarm. Then my head rules instead, and I'm wired the scheme of that gleam in your eyes. So i kiss and run, but the moment we're apart. Oh, you fool, that was lost as my heart.
1: And there you are. If you're young, you were probably curious. And if you're middle-aged, we hope you found this broadcast nostalgic. But at any rate, we have presented in capsule form one evening of broadcasting, specifically March the 4th, 1938. Recreated and recollected from NBC's priceless library of sound. I'll be back with you next week with more Recollections at 30. Ed Hurlihy has been your host on Recollections at 30. Next week at this time, there'll be another in this special series commemorating NBC's 30th year of broadcasting. This is Fred Collins, hoping you'll be able to join us then. For more of the great stars and great moments of the past, Recollections at 30 is directed by Bob Mauer.
0: Bert Parks and Johnny Mercer live on bandstand, weekday mornings on NBC Radio. <laughs>
3: Hope you are enjoying the old time radio programs
1: on the radiothen.network podcast. You will find many biographies and audio clips from the past on our blog. www.radiothen.network